What up, y'all? This is Panda AOD, and with me today is a special guest. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. Armand, wake up. Armand, wake up. For those of you who don't know Armand, he's a Columbus artist. Um, What would you classify yourself as? An artist. I don't really, like, get into, like, the classifications. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I let other people do that. So however you want to, some people Mm -hmm. might call me a Christian rapper. Some people just call me a rapidy rapper. Yeah. Some people call me an artist. A rapidy as, rapper. As long as you're listening, like, I'm cool. <laughs> what is a rapidy rapper? Somebody who raps a lot. Who's like, on rhyme. Yeah, well, there's different <laughs> definitions of rapidy rap. Like, for some, it, it could be, like, a disrespectful term because it's people who, like, rap about rapping. Mm-hmm. Like, my rhymes are like this and my flow is like this instead of you just telling, like, just... You're telling yeah. me what you're... You're talking about what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but also, it's just somebody who's like lyrical, miracle, spiritual in your swimming pool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like those types. So it's a it's a funny word, a funny phrase that I just picked up and like it just kind of ran with it because I definitely put an emphasis on words and rapping yeah. and being good at that particular skill for sure. Yeah. Uh, so appreciate- how did you come up with your name? What does it mean? <sighs> well, Armand is my name. Yeah. Um, and I used to just go by that. And um, even, like, when I was a teenager and I was rapping, like, I always just had this, like, really, um, just had this fascination with time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a few years, so I would do, like, my first website was, like, wakeuparmind or something, wakeuparmind.com <laughs> or something like that. And then my sister was like, well, it should just be Armand Wake Up. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. So then when I would go out and do shows and stuff, people would call me both. They would call me Armand and they would call me Armand Wake Up. Yeah. And my, my old DJ one day was just like, yo, your job's to wake up the people. So your name is Armand Wake Up. And I was like, all right, here that's we dope. are. Yeah, <laughs> none, none too deep. I mean, I, I feel like that's my mission. My mission is to like, you know, I don't necessarily ascribe myself to like the woke philosophy, but my job is to just like, you know, make you see things from a, a perspective you may not have considered before or a perspective mm. that you, you thought uh, you thought was one way, but it's actually a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Or it's something different other than... And if you consider that perspective, you can actually, like, change your life and yeah. do the things that, you know, that you really want to do, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's where that came from. Then I try not to be super deep, <laughs> but, you know, my people will say different, and that's fine. So when do you think you got onto that path of being deep like that? Like, did you all, were you always a deep person <laughs> no. or did you have like that rough patch and then you had to like find yourself? No, I was never like into like, I was always different. So I think that's what it was like growing up. I was always like, I was never, I was never in the in crowd, but I would always have a few friends here and there that were like popular that's and true, I would yeah. go do my own thing. So while in middle school, Dudes is at the skating rink going after girls. Like I'm in the corner playing video games. Mm-hmm. Like came to the came to the rink not to find <laughs> girls. I came for the quarters. Like yeah. who want to get down on the street fighter? And you know people would you know call me all types of names and kind of like reject me or whatever. But I always just kind of knew that my lot in life was just different. Yeah. Um, and then it just as I got older, I had I had I had my daughter when I was 19. I had my son when I was 20 25. I was married oh at 23. Gosh. Like I lived a lot in a really short amount of time yeah. and lots of trauma, lots of changes, lots of things happened. Yeah. And from that, you kind of have to like, you have to f- like figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, you're like, well, yo, I like, I need, 
I need some help like because yeah. I can't I can't do this on my own you know what I'm saying yeah. and that's kind of where the different perspectives come on that's why I'm really big in the community like really big into like other yeah. perspectives that are different from mine because it all ultimately it all it helps me be a better missionary a better person mm-hmm. a better all that good stuff so yeah and that's crazy because like a lot of your experience that you just spoke about is like you have a lot of different experiences that you can help others with because a lot of times people who want to motivate sometimes they don't really have that experience to be able to like talk on certain things that's right but for you like um i have a friend by the name of cordero he go by hayes he has the awakened soul podcast okay um but on his podcast he is right now he's doing a segment where he's interviewing different black males and their experiences Mm -hmm. so he interviews people about their individual experience in society from the perspective of a black male but it's not just your typical black male it's a a gay black man, a transsexual black man, a black man, a black man that's just, you know, your typical idea of a black man, you have the divorcee. And so you're saying, you know, from your perspective, you have one, you had a kid when you were young, Mm -hmm. you were married. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? The military brat. I lived (laughs) everywhere. Um, Being in different spaces, like going, like my family is originally from East St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And so if you know about East St. Louis, it's like, always top three worst cities in america it's like a Ooh. third world country in there that's crazy and so to come from that but in then, america i didn't know that yeah, i've heard yes. i've heard things about st yeah, louis, louis is really well it's st louis and then there's east st louis east st louis is like if at this point <laughs> if you is it different from st louis yes but it's, is it classified like geography geographically as st louis yeah but what okay. the city is it, it is but what the city is doing is like they're not pouring any more money into that particular oh part of the God. city. And the way that they... I hadn't been to That's St. Louis. That's how Dayton is. That's how West Dayton is. See? So, so... That's crazy. So, for East St. Louis, like, if you want to go to East St. Louis, like, you got to go. Yeah. You can't just drive through it. You have to, like, get off on an oh exit and make a conscious That's decision. Crazy. Otherwise, though. <laughs> so, yeah, like, being in that environment, but then growing up as, you know, the only black kid... Mm. Uh, you know, in you know, being a military brat, living in Hawaii, live, being a, a veteran, living in Japan, living with all these all these different spaces. Like I was just telling my, I was talking to a white coworker today, uh, who's a friend of mine, and I was just like, yo, like the black experience is not a monolith. Oh my god! I was just like, yo, like what mm. happens is, is we just automatically assume that because, you know, like for example. I haven't really faced like police brutality. Mm. I've never been prof. I've been profiled one time. I didn't get profiled until I was at Easton, <laughs> and I was in Express. One yeah. reasons why I don't like Express, the clothes are trash. But I was in Express because some friends and I were some friends of mine were in there, and like I was in there with my nephew, and my nephew at the time was like thirteen or something mm. like that. So we're just walking through, and this is when I had my hair out and stuff, and like mm. this cop was just like following us, and like. My nephew is like a like he's a troll. He's a super mm-hmm. troll. So like we we was having fun with it because in my eyes, like if you resort to calling me a nigger, you've just run out of like intelligent yeah. things to say. Like yeah. it don't rile me up. Yeah, me so if you, so if you're already <laughs> like so you think I'm gonna steal something, I'm offended not because you think I'm gonna steal something. I'm offended because you think I'm gonna wear Express. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we hiding from it. We running and ducking and stuff. We like. But, like, that's still a black experience, the fact yeah. that I have not been profiled. Yeah. So just because I understand that mm-hmm. that is a very sensitive topic and that's a reality, yeah. what's also a reality is that 
some some people some black men just have not experienced that mm-hmm. and both are valid and both are necessary yeah you know my so check that's what my I mean, check like, one two one two he's on fire baby when in the waves when in the waves we sit in obey i sit in amazement when in the waves when in the waves they sit in obey i sit in amazement i sit in amazement i sit in amazement this ain't entertainment this ain't what i came with it's a replacement it's an invasion it ain't the same it's way different it ain't the same as shape-shifting can i contain it attain it through faith it's solid as pavement Softest when rain hits, it is a statement. Engraved with Satan, can't get it. Can I be tainted? Can't be defaced as ageless. Yeah, when in the waves, when in the waves, they sit and obey. Down in the dumps, like I've always been proud to be black. Yeah. The experiences might not always be like the best, but it's not sure. because being black is not great it's because people are just so close-minded absolutely and that shouldn't take away from your experience exactly you know what i'm saying like i think i think god is very intentional he's a god of intentionality and so if you're going to one of my favorite rhymes is Nas. you said god painted me black thanks for that so if you're <laughs> so i'm like look okay so all right so if the lord intentionally decided to paint me not only black but like this shade that means yeah. it was for a reason so yeah. let me like not only embrace it but like love it and accept and embrace all that comes with it mm-hmm. good and bad because all of it is going to be for my benefit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah and so speaking of like how you don't wear express <laughs> <laughs> you are into shoes like heavy i mean i'm i i'm not a sneakerhead because sneakerheads can't dress <laughs> so what, how would you but you are super like you're heavy into shoes i'm, I, I'm you're a shoe connoisseur sure <laughs> <laughs> Sure. I'm like, I would say more like general, like, like fashion, like just in general, because I feel like, you know, you can see somebody got like a whack outfit and the right sneakers. Like, I just don't respect it. But you can put together like the right outfit and like the whole presentation has to be cool. It's like, you know, it's a it's it's the what I would call like the pretty dumb girl. Like mm-hmm. She's attractive, but like there's nothing else going on. Or she has one <laughs> characteristic or he has one characteristic that's cool. Oh, he's tall or she has light eyes or whatever. But like everything else is just not attractive. Yeah. So I would say more in the fashion. But yeah, sure. Shoes like sure. So that's included. How do you balance being like somebody to motivate people and inspire people through uh, experience and leaning on the woke side, but then you're like super on fashion. So how do you balance that? Because some people would be like, well, what about people who keep it simple? What about people who don't necessarily have it to dress a certain way? And and I'm actually, it's one of the reasons why I'm working on a lookbook is because I think fashion is like, it's, it's art. Like, mm-hmm. So what happened was how I really got into it. Of course, I was always into it, but I couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so there was a point where I wasn't. Um, there was a point where I uh, could not write a rap. I couldn't write like all my <laughs> bars were just super trash. And so I ended up finding like fashion as a form of like creativity mm. and expressing myself. I can identify with that. I was heavy in the fashion at one point. At in one my point. Life. <laughs> and everybody goes through it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody experiences it to whatever degree. But like if you 
Like, yo, if you have a, a $10 outfit and you just got like a regular, you know, like a lot of, like fashion starts with basics. Mm-hmm. So like if you have a, a $5 t-shirt and some $10 sweats and some like $30 sneakers and also like that's still great because it's still expression. Like mm-hmm. the, the part that like people may not know is is like I get all of my stuff like for the low. So mm-hmm. like my thing is like, yeah, sure, fashionable, but like. Uh, save money too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like these are eighty dollar Nike sweats that I got in Florida <laughs> at the outfit at the outlet for twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for deals because yeah. I, I I like I enjoy it. I'm getting old, so yeah. like that's what I'm. I'm a deal seeker. Like, yeah, I like I love like I will spend money on a nice piece. It, yeah, it's like calling me. It has exactly. To call me. But like I love just to find deals, and I love to support local artists. Like yep. there's some crazy pieces coming out of local artists. Like yeah. on a fashion tip. Yeah. I don't think I think you can do both. Like there's not this like I can like yo I can love Jesus I can tithe and then still get some two hundred dollars sneakers. Like mm-hmm. if it's all about budgeting. Like yeah, uh, and it's you. I mean, my are, <laughs> are my lights on? Are my kids taken <laughs> exactly. care of? Like, do I have money in my savings account? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, then, you know, that's that's what it is. It's it's like, like, frugality doesn't make you more, like, you know, it doesn't make you better than anybody. You just choose not to spend that money. And that's cool. But I'm, I'm choosing to spend it at this time of my life. Like, both ways are fine. Both ways can exist. So how do you balance being an artist and having children? Oh, bruh, it's easy now because my kids are older. <laughs> Your kids are a little older. You yeah. got like what? You got a teenager at least. I got a 14-year-old okay. daughter. She, I was going to say 13. Yeah, she's 14. She's, <clears throat> in high, she's a freshman in high school, and I got a 10-year-old son. Um, they, <laughs> He's over the hump, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I started young. So, like, you know, the easiest way to do it with kids is just, like, they don't know anything else. They only know, like, that their father has always been doing music mm. so you know it's nothing for them to sit in the studio and or go to shows or you know like I think that I think that I'll say this though like if I'm honest um I kind of feel away when people like quit their job to like you know chase their dreams mm. and all that because it's like well I couldn't really do that and I think that it's selfish because <laughs> I think it's selfish like yo if you got kids and like yeah they're not taken care of but you trying to chase your dreams like nah nah you chose to like have those kids like you got to make sure that they're taken care of that you're not taking food off their mouth and clothes off their mm-hmm. back and like you know a roof over their head just because you want to chase your chase your dream like the yeah. cool thing about it now is that everybody like my kids now are in sync like everything is cool everything is fine i also the other thing that factors in is that i have a great relationship with they have they both have different mothers mm-hmm. i have a great relationship with both of them and That's so, good. That's like, very important. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So because there's no baby mama drama, you know, they're remarried. I'm in a serious relationship. Like, there's no... That's super nice. There's no underlying nothing. I'm cool with the stepfathers. Like, so everybody's on the same team. So, like, I have the space. I have, like, the wiggle room. But, like, you know, there's a... Number one, it wasn't always like that. And number two, it, it was important to, like, make sure that I established that that stability for them so that they never had to go hungry. They never had to wonder where something was coming from. Mm -hmm. So I had to work, you know what I'm saying? Like I had to do what I had to do, but at the same time still make it work as an artist. And I've just been blessed to have people who would barter, who would give me like the hookup and Mm -hmm. do all that stuff because all that stuff is is important. And bartering is real. (laughs) Barter's super real. (laughs) If you can barter, barter. But for some people, like, yo, pay them, you know, pay them what they owe. So what you got coming up as far as music? Because 
<laughs> your last project you dropped in 2018, your yeah. last full project. Yeah. What was the name of that? Even If I Lose. Even If I Lose. What made you title that? Um, it was based off of uh, a scripture, Romans 8, 28. It says all things work together for those who love God and are called according to their purpose. Mm. So basically what it means is like, you know, I, I thought I thought back on my life, man, and I was like, I was, I remember being, I remember when my wife and I got divorced and I moved out of our condo and I moved Ooh. into a studio apartment and all I had was a duffel bag of clothes and my PlayStation. And that was it. And like... Gotta keep the games. Of course. Of course. And so literally working up from that to like, you know, having a really good job, you know, multiple streams of revenue, like being able to live the life, you know, to a degree that I I would like to live. And not just only that, like having a good relationship with, with, you know, with my ex-wife, having a great relationship with my son. You know, being at peace with everybody around me. I ain't got no, there's no beef. There's Mm -hmm. no bitterness. There's no unresolved issues. Like, I'm cool. And so it was just like, yo, if I could go back and I could tell, you know, 25-year-old Armand, like, who's sitting in that that studio apartment, like, with nothing. Like, yo, you're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, the Lord Lord is a provider. He's going to take care of you. And, like to see where I'm at now, like things ain't where I want them to be, but they're a whole heck of a lot better than they were. And yeah. so that's, in, that was important. So I needed to call it like, even if I lose, like, yo, you still winning. Yeah, even losers win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's some of my merch. Like, yo, losers win. Like it doesn't, like a loss really just matters. It's really based off of your perspective. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you know, I don't know who said it, but a loss ain't a loss. It's a lesson. So you got to find something in that to like, you know, okay, so how, what can I take away from this? What can I take away mm-hmm. from this bad relationship? What can I take away from these cycles that are happening? It can't just be haters. It can't just be like, you're the victim. Like what sort of responsibility can I share? Because at the end of the day, when I was sitting in the middle of my middle of that apartment, mm-hmm. like nobody else was there. Nobody was there but me. So yeah. what can I do to make sure that like, number one, that never happens again. And number two, if that opportunity mm-hmm. does happen, that I respond differently. Yeah, because sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta be by yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I feel feelings are fleeting. The quicker I breathe, the more that I feed them. What if my feelings feeling a need? With every second I breathe, heavy fatigue, it's a legion of them. In their own league, putting all their effort into convincing they know me. They're so weak. But the minute I satisfy his appetite, another becomes my apple's eye. Holding it over me like you won't believe. Like what you got on my 40, homie? I'm OE. Hopefully I'm getting better. Funny. My greatest want was to rid myself of pleasure. My prayers sound like complaints. It's easy to paint myself as a saint, but I'm anxious. Full of angst, this is pain. Cycles of little foxes. They keep my world boxed in. Feelings can't see beyond the now. Feelings get overwhelmed by the how Feelings freeze when they hear the sound Feelings don't understand that I'm found Yeah Feelings are so stupid Feelings don't know your future Yeah Feelings are so stupid Feelings don't know your future What I see, what I sense, what I hear, what I taste, what I touch It's never enough Yeah Feelings are so stupid Feelings don't know your future 
the most to me is legal. You ever peer through the peephole to your heroes? Would you see Jesus or see a need? Would you see a seed or see a scene? Yeah, pestilence is a preference. And suppression is my seventh sense. I can't get right, can't get it off of me. Buying it for whatever you offer me. My offering is autumn leaves. Audibly, I'm an artery. You should all bow to the God in me. How do you see Christ within despite my sin? Easy to hate Satan, but still admire him. Still invite him in, making my vitamin. I don't need a sign, I am a sign, he's near. So what I feel is irrelevant to the truth. And all of my evidence is in you. You. I think that like it's it's I think it's like everything in moderation I think boundaries are important mm -hmm. like sometimes you got to tell other people no sometimes you got to tell yourself no mm. like no I don't need to hang out with that group of people yeah no I don't need to go to that party no I don't need to entertain that relationship um and you just kind of got like the best thing I went from Japan like I lived in Japan for two years and that was like the best and worst time of my life. It was great because I was <laughs> 20 years old in Japan. Friends to this day, like best friends to this day. Um, but also dealt with like depression and like suicide and like just a bunch of stuff. Ooh. But then I moved to Washington State. That was my next duty station. And like I was, um, I was by myself. Mm. Like I ain't really had no friends there. I was one of like the older one of the older airmen on base that was still in the dorms. I didn't want to move out because I knew I was getting, like, getting out the military. And like I just learned how to hang out by myself. Literally going from my best friend was my, my roommate. And we would go to the chow hall together. We would go to the club <laughs> together. Like the group of us would kick it every day, every minute of every day. If we weren't the club at work. Club in Japan. <laughs> crazy. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, literally, like one the the only thing that I say, like, because I don't, you know, it ain't really like. But the one thing I say is like, there was one time on a <laughs> we went to the club on a Wednesday night, mm. got out at six a.m., drove thirty minutes back to the base. Oh my god! Came home, put on my PT gear, and oh exercised my, my commander, and went straight to work. Like, <laughs> like the club scene in Japan is like. Ridiculous. I did that like but I wasn't in like the army or the air force like I was throwing events in Cincy and I worked yeah. up here and I would like drive to work and just get to work <laughs> bruh I and now it's like I need a nap in the middle of the day <laughs> I gotta value your sleep more yeah, your rest. yeah I gotta watch what I'm eating because that might make me sleepy and I can't fuck like all types of stuff man it's like it's different, it's different. what do you think was like that moment for you that took that changed that direction of like being depressed and suicidal to Ooh. being like this ain't it like this ain't what I want to do man uh so basically what happened was was while I was in basic training um everything just went to hell mm. so like my parents got divorced while I was in basic training mm. um my I broke up with my longtime girlfriend while I was in basic training mm -hmm. Um, everything just started to change. And then even in Japan, like my, my youngest nephew, his father was murdered. Mm. Um, like it was a bunch of stuff. Like 
when most people give their life to the Lord, like there's this season where they're like leaping through lilies and Jesus is like just this great, wonderful person. It's like the honeymoon phase. <laughs> I never got that. Like this is the first I've been I've been I've saved. I've never heard of it like that either. Bro, I've been saved since 2005. This 14 years in and this is the first season of my life where I'm like 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 happy, like mm-hmm. joyful, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like beyond happiness, like just like just content and joy. Mm-hmm. But like all that stuff happened back to back to back and at the same time I'm 19 years old. I'm on the other side of the world and I can't do anything about my father going through stuff, my mom acting crazy and my sister just like having yeah. my two nephews. Mm-hmm. And then and then I found out that, you know, my uh my ex-girlfriend was pregnant with my daughter. So like all that was like boom 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 and excuse me, I would just like like you would do, but like just in reverse. I would go to work, I come home, I lock all my doors, all of my blinds would be closed, mm-hmm. and I would just sit in my room. And I yeah. wouldn't turn the TV on, I wouldn't turn anything on. But mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in Japan. I'm in mm-hmm. Okinawa, Japan, where it's eighty degrees all year long, yeah. we're surrounded by a beautiful body of water, and I wanna die. You know, like the Lord was just like, I have so much more for you than where you are right now. And you, though you don't see it, you just got to trust me. Mm. And so, like, man, faith don't look, like, faith looks like nothing. Like, I, like, like, really just trusting him and not, like, manifesting or not doing any of that stuff. Like, literally just, I don't know what's next. I don't know (laughs) what I want. So let me just, like, blind faith. Okay, I trust you. Like that's what it is. Yeah. And so like this long process of lots and lots of mistakes when if you listen to my music, you hear that um like it just got it just gets to a point where you just finally get comfortable. And you're just like, "You know what? There's always going to be this like weird contention of like not knowing, but I know who God is and since I know who the Lord is, like everything else will just fall into place." And once you embrace mm-hmm. that, like, bro, like everything just starts happening for you every like it's just it's it's crazy so now i look back on the time and i was talking to a a co-worker about suicide today too and i was just like man like people who just really took their own i have friends who committed suicide and it's like yo just imagine what would have happened if you just would have said like not today Mm -hmm. and you just would have waited like you know, what I'm like you got think about like yo, it's it's people in jail right now because a little John song came on the club and you couldn't control yourself. Yeah, I think about that all the time. You know what I what think saying? about that all the time. Like I think it's crazy how people, yeah, just like that, them instances of just not holding back. And it sounds cliche because everybody know I'm a diehard Nipsey fan. I try not to bring him up as much, but it's I thought good. about that with that situation with old boy. I was like, if he would have just thought about what he was doing, like take mm-hmm. everything out of it. But if he he thought about, he knew who Nipsey was and how Nipsey yeah. moved and what Nipsey spoke about. If he would have just took a second to be like, it's not worth it. Like it yeah. don't matter what you were. If yeah. you was offered some, if yeah. he was mad, yeah. you he already. I feel like he already looked at himself as if his life was done yeah. because he was viewed as a snitch on the streets. Yeah, very. He very was targeted by the police. I'm sure. Yeah, and then. Here you are, and the person who you may have looked up to is telling you that they can't really associate with you because of this. So you're feeling like, well, I got to make a choice. Yep. And I, the only way I can leave any impact in my life is to affect a whole bunch of people. Yep. And I just be like, man, I would if he just thought about it for a few minutes. Ooh. It seemed like all of that happened so fast. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Like that. Like, I was like a big Nipsey. F- I've been a big Nipsey fan since hustling the house. It's like, oh, <laughs> nine. He matured for sure. Like, mm-hmm. if you listen to, like, Bullets Ain't Got No Name Volume 1 compared to, like, 
Crenshaw and mailbox money, yes. especially on Victory Lap. Like that's the thing that bothers me the most is like Oh my god. Victory Lap was like <laughs> As great as it was, oh like that's God. not the apex of Nipsey. It wasn't. Like, he, he told was us that. On his, he was on his way yeah. to like really making that turn. And it just like, oh, like I got people out there and they was telling me like what was going on in the streets and what happened, even just to watch the video. Mm-hmm. Like, like it dude, still seemed like it was so quick. Like, like sometimes I still sit and think about it and I just be like, bruh. Like it's something in my mind is still telling me like, like, I know it's impossible, but in my mind, I'm like, I go through the process and be like, how did that, like, yeah. there's something that can shift, and it's yeah. like, it can't, it can't shift, like, it, it is what it is, like, but I think God purposed Nipsey to get something done, and Nipsey got it done, and I think that God knew when he created man that we all have our own thought process, and we, he gave us the power to think for ourselves, and it's us who creates the situations that do in people's lives and create these horrible situations. God could have chose another way and Nipsey's legacy would have lasted longer, but it's free it's free will. Like yeah. you have the ability to make decisions and those decisions, you know, it's like it's like a butterfly effect. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if if I didn't come over here today and we, I came over here next week, we wouldn't be talking about what we're talking about right now. Exactly. The conversation would have went totally exactly. different. So whoever's watching this and however they feel, they may not have even like experienced whatever. Like that's just exactly. Okay, so when Nip passed, Nip, like it was like the reality. Like dang, like he died. Like it was a big deal. It and was it, huge. And it was something where you saw, like you know, my girl, like my girl had to tell me, like Armand, put your phone down, because I was just on my phone, like. Ooh. You know, watching watching Lauren scream in the hospital room, watching them like try to resuscitate oh Nipsey God, and they moved his leg, and it was like, yeah, he's like, I like, I, cause I came, I did like a Kairos culture or something, and then I checked my phone and somebody was like, yo, my man Trav was like, yo, Nipsey Ooh, just got wee. shot. The first video I see is like, they're trying to resuscitate him and they move his leg, and like the way they moved his leg, you just know. I was like, yeah, he's gone, and I was like, and I was like, so. It affected people clearly, you know. I saw that, you know, you went to the like the rally they had in Dayton. Mm-hmm. They and had you one threw here. here yeah, well. so that's what I want to talk about. So I threw something here because when you talk about the African American experience, you have to talk about trauma. Yes. Because <laughs> the African American experience is steeped in trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just taken from where we where yeah. we are from and put here mm-hmm. is traumatic. Yeah. And all the events and many of the events that happen afterwards are traumatic as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create opportunity for people to process that trauma, even if it just means the realization of this is traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think we'll always be processing something. Yeah. Like, it's just what it is. And so we got there. We filled the place up. My man shot my man Taylor. He opened up his he opened up his uh, his church to us. You know, it was probably about. 30, 35 people there. It was a nice, good, intimate turnout, which is what I like for my events. Mm -hmm, And like, we ended up talking about like Black Wall Street and like ways to like make money and and how we need to get away from like the system of the white man and all that. And I got angry because I was like, this is what black people do. Like we don't want to face these traumas head on. We want to just try and cover it up and do some other stuff. And I'm like, like, yeah, sure, like, 
wealth, generational, generational wealth, all of that stuff is important. Absolutely. But first we got to deal with the reality of like, not only this man's death impacted us, but like, this is just a long line of stuff that the hip hop culture and just black culture has just. And I don't think we ever, that's crazy. Cause like, I feel like I don't think we have ever, it's crazy. Cause like all the conversations I've been having this week have been on trauma Mm -hmm. and every conversation is the same. Like when I was doing the cloud city interview, we Mm -hmm. ended up talking about uh, trauma, but it's like, like you said, I don't think the black community even identified trauma because it was just stuff that happened. Like you hear about somebody passing away down the street or somebody, you know, dying a crazy death at a young age. And you're like, you you feel that initial like, oh, that's fucked up. Like that's mm-hmm. messed up. Mm-hmm. But you don't really understand that you, these highs and lows that you feel continuing after that, even if you weren't close to that person, but just knowing something like that happens, that's because you experienced that indirectly. Like, yep. it's, it sticks with you. And, like, yep. I honestly 100% think, like, I don't know if I've ever, when Aaliyah passed, I was hurt. Yep. When Left Eye passed, I was hurt. Yep. And even being a kid growing up, listening to Biggie and Tupac and understanding how they passed, it hurt my feelings. Like, it was really heavy. Yeah. But it wasn't heavy to where it literally, like, I felt, like, robbed. Yeah. Because I didn't live through that. Like, with Aaliyah, I, I listened to her music a lot. So when she passed, I was really upset. But yeah. it still didn't hit home like Nipsey did. I think also in our culture, we're getting to a point where we're so close to celebrities at this point like so, nobody's really a celebrity anymore it's right. like everybody's just people yeah some people are just a little more visible yeah and um when nipsey left it it i mean it still sucks because i just feel like he was such an honest and just admirable person like yeah i felt like somebody took my big brother somebody took my a part of my hope because yeah Nipsey was hope like Nipsey was like he was so clear his vision was clear his yeah. uh, message was clear but yeah. I think now I'm to a point and I hope other people are to a point where it's like yeah we was robbed but the 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 part that we got to keep like coming to is that we can't change it so yeah how do we how do we unpack that and put it into something else you know something that Meek Mill said a while ago and I didn't realize it Meek was like yo I have PTSD and, and being in the military, you only associate that with people with who get military. deployed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like realizing like, no, so he's in this environment, which is, which for many classifies a war zone where you're so used to seeing people die and you see people get killed. Like you see all of this stuff and you don't process it. You just suppress it. Mm-hmm. And then it affects like, like some people can't smile. Some people mm. can't cry. And mm. these are natural God-given emotions. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to cry. We're supposed to be mm. sad. We're supposed to laugh and be happy. Yeah. These are all things that we were created to do. And when you can't do it because you experience like all of this stuff. Like my 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 nephews and my and my daughter were big fans of uh, of X, XXX, Tintasium. Mm. And That's like, crazy. The crazy, like, and so. Because <laughs> I never really knew him, like, knew his music or nothing, but these kids. It was ooh, for the kids because. They loved him. What happened was, this is when I experienced it. So my kids, they, they live in different states. They come and kick it with me for the summer. So my youngest nephew worked at a grocery store. I picked him up one day from work because he his store was close to my job. And so it was him and my daughter. And I turned the radio on and on 107. They're like, yeah, you know. You know, XXX just got shot. Man, it's not looking too good. You know, just 
hoping the brother pulls through, yada, yada, yada. And then I get to the house to go drop them off at my sister's and I look at my phone and I see, I see two things. Number one, I see he's passed. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I see like, like his, his Lamborghini doors were up mm-hmm. and he was dead and people were filming oh inside I hate that. of the thing. And so like when I told my sister and I told him like, Hey, like ex passed, like my nephews were shocked and like distraught. And then my daughter later on that night, like cried in my chest. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is real. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's and, crazy. And this thing just makes it so like. W- Much more yeah, traumatizing. Yeah. Like I remember <laughs> seeing the autopsy photo of like Tupac. Yeah. Like, you know, people thought that was fake. Yeah, and all it stuff. just didn't feel as close because it was like, a co- at that point it was a cold body. Yeah. I mean, it was still, it right. touched you, but not like that. Not like that. Because it's right in the moment. Like oh smoke is still coming out of this man's body and y'all are in there filming it. Like, yo, if that's not like traumatic. <laughs> the one video I saw, Nick, which was the one where he was laying down, but it wasn't as, I didn't see all that you saw. Yeah. I literally saw... So I saw when they was shooting at him and how he turned away. Yeah. And then I saw him on the ground and I saw his leg like move. Yeah. But then like even that was too much saucy. Like yeah. and then going to work, that's another thing too. And after this, I'm I'm gonna wrap it up. So <laughs> no, we can no, get no, to no, 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 the next day. And that's another part of trauma and a part of grief that people don't understand is what makes it especially difficult for a black person. I'm not saying like, you know, everybody don't deal with grief the same, but a white person will lose somebody uh, like on a, on a level of a nip or on a level of somebody that's really impactful in their music. Mm-hmm. And the whole world will feel that too. Like they'll feel that grief for that. Like not necessarily like I wouldn't feel it how I felt it for Nip, mm-hmm. but if I seen it, I would be like, man, that's very unfortunate. Like, mm-hmm. I, my heart would go out to that person. And also, I would be able to understand somebody who's upset about it. Right. But when you take that and you put an icon like Nipsey, who has done amazing work, nobody can, like, debate that. You go to work and don't nobody know. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't fault them <laughs> for that, but it's just the reactions, like, a certain way. So, like, yeah. one of my coworkers had asked me, they was like, what's that, um... What's that on your arm? Because I got a tat. And I was like, it's the marathon or whatever. And they was like, what did that mean? And I was like, you don't know Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle. They was like, oh, you mean the rapper that died? Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. But it, me being me, I was like, yeah. And I just kept it pushing because, yeah. I mean, whatever. Right. And then um, the news coverage of it, I forget what station it was, but it was a white anchor. And she disrespected the hell out of Nipsey. She basically was laughing at his death just because he did the song with YG about F- uh, um, Trump. Yeah. And to me, that showed that show me a different side of people, especially when you see it in a professional sense. You are somebody yeah. who works in television. Yeah. You are somebody who delivers the news to people and yeah. you are laughing about another man's death. Yeah. It don't matter who it is. You're laughing at another man's death. A lot of these anchors, they won't laugh when a murderer or a serial killer is has passed. Mm-hmm. They won't laugh if like a rapist has passed. They'll yeah. have some type of seriousness to that delivery. Yeah. But you got a rapper who spoke his piece and used exercised his his rights to speak on how he felt. Yeah. And you laughing because he did. And not only that, you know that there's you see the coverage. You're in the news. You know that there's a community 
there's communities across the world, around the world for this man, and you yeah. laughing on TV. Yeah, I think that's why it's important to like. One thing I really love about this generation is that it's questioning everything, mm-hmm. and so this generation is the first generation that's questioned Billboard, Grammys. Yes, like my generation. <laughs> Is like, no, we want to be number one on Billboard. We want to have a Grammy. Like, you want to get on on this platform. You want to be on MTV. You want to be on CNN. And this generation is like... Like, like we about to make our own platform. <laughs> Twi- Twitter, is, Twitter is my news station. Twitter, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Social media is where I get all my stuff from. Mm-hmm. So, like, in those situations, it just encourages me even more to be like, yo, if I don't watch... Or if I don't put my voice to their platforms, mm-hmm. like they don't have any power with me. Like if somebody says something disrespectful, like if that, so if I saw that clip, some people would retweet that on Twitter yeah. and be like, oh my God, <laughs> can you believe this? Yada, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Bro, that's what they want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how they're making money nowadays because like real, genuine, and that's legitimate. What it you. That's exactly what it taught me. I was like, wow, these people are. So beyond, like, just human, like... It's all... It's all. It's why, like, why do we... So why do we expect any of these businesses in such a capitalism... Uh, in, a, in a capitalistic country to, like... Like, they're, they're dangled... They dangle morality over our heads, but it's all about money. That's what Crazy. it is. I don't... Yeah. I don't trust... <laughs> the fact that you put it that way. I don't trust anybody to have... morality over our heads, but it's all about money. That's crazy. The kids growing up, man, like, they are smart. And they, I feel like they have the tools to be able to battle the things that they will be up against. Absolutely. And I think one of the most powerful tools that we got to give ourselves credit for is the generation above them. Because I feel like, like my generation, anybody that's like in the millennials to like even above millennials, like for us to be the ones above those kids growing up is important too, Mm -hmm. because we're not those parents that, that believe like they want to motivate you, but they really want you to have a job and be, you know, putting that work in. We the ones that's like, what do you want to do? Yep. And how can I teach you or help you do yep. what you want to do? Yep. How can I make you make it make sense? Yep. Yep. It's very important to like, we, we remember an era that like you didn't have computers. Exactly. And so we had to like actually we had to have conversation. We had to talk. And that's all, tough. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough for our generation now, I feel like. So yeah, I have to be a little more intentional about like putting my phone down, going out and actually like talking to people. But that's why I create the Kairos cultures. I think intentionality is like huge. It is. It has to be. I have to say, whatever it is, like if like when you wanted to do this, you had to sit down and say, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't be like a just a casual passive thing that you did. That's true. Intentionality always yields results. Like if you're like, I'm going to do this, like the successes that you did it, mm-hmm. it's not in like your numbers or anything like that. The successes is in like, yo, I set out to do this thing. Yeah. I figured it out and like, boom. And you have a platform just like all of us have yeah. platforms. The power is always with the people. Yeah. Always, always. And it's getting there more. So I yep. mean, I'm happy for that. I'm just curious to see where things go as far as like America and our society because it's... The control is in the, the power is in the people. And mm-hmm. America has been so for, you know, the forward thinking and the, the land of the dreams and the home of the free and the land of the brave and all it is. But now <laughs> it's really about to be the test because, mm-hmm. you know, are you really that? Like, are you really everything you say you are? It's it's free. It's freedom. It's control freedom. It's like, 
you know, it's like the, I, the, like the God of this country is like, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's like a false love. It's like a fake love. It's like, we'll love you as long as you think like us, dress like us, act like us, believe in what we believe in. And then you cool. That's freedom to them. The <laughs> minute you step outside that box, and cancel culture. You know, like you there's get low key a caste system. Too. Yeah, and that's the one thing that bothers me about America that I don't like. Everybody don't got to be a boss. Some people are happy going to work every day mm-hmm. and putting the work in. Like you know, so train up those people and make them as competent as possible to accomplish whatever it is the boss is setting out to do, and make sure that they get their like their wages to where they they're able to take care of their family. And, you know, they get to a point, then the work, so if they do the work well, that will create opportunity for more work. And then mm-hmm. you, that means more money. That means you hire more people who can do that work. Like, it's just, it's not, <clears throat> it's not rocket science, but it's also <laughs> like, at the end of the day, like the people want to, like the powers that be want to control what they want to control. And the minute they lose that power, like it's, it's curtains for us. And we, Ooh. we so dang on, <laughs> we so dang on stupid. No, we not stupid. <laughs> The problem is, is that we comfortable. That's the problem. And it's crazy because it also, people don't understand that some of the stuff we face as far as like what's driving depression and what's getting people yes. anxiety is because we're constantly being marketed to. We're yes. constantly being like, our senses are constantly being activated. Yes. We're never turning them off. Yes. So that's another thing that has to be intentional is taking that personal time to just shut off and just give your body a break give yes. your brain a break yes yeah put this put this <laughs> put this thing in the other room and just like engage whatever you're around like yeah. at this point it's like bro watch tv <laughs> exactly i love it and i always said i would never be that person to watch youtube all day but That's i watch it. youtube all, all day. day i love i love independent content yep. i love seeing people create something yep. and listening to it yep and that's why it's important for you to have your own platform because now what you're seeing is you're seeing like, you know, YouTube is demonetizing people for, for no reason or for violating their terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing Twitter ban people. You're seeing social media. Like you're seeing Facebook. Like if they don't like what you're posting, like they can, they can take you off of their platform. Mm-hmm. And because it's their platform, you can't say nothing. So you have I don't to, post certain stuff on my platform, so I feel it. <laughs> so you gotta so you have to have like a place where who your audience can go and hear you unfiltered, uncensored, raw, authentic you. And, and it's building a community too. Mm, absolutely. Engaging, not just it's not just like a uh it's not like a I can't think of the word, but it's like it's not this one like overlord dictator and everything mm-hmm. I say goes and like it goes to my community. Mm-hmm. But I talk I talk to my my supporters all the time. Yeah, you been putting Oops. out content. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm doing a I'm doing a lot. Okay, so you're going to need to give me like five minutes. So um, I'm working on five projects right now. Okay. I spent all of this year, I put out one song earlier this year called Wind and Waves. And like, I I thought that I didn't need to put out bodies of work because I'm a body of work guy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an album guy. Mm-hmm. I put out 13 projects in... 13 albums? Yeah, 13 albums in like three, three years, three and a half years, something like that. Yeah, so like, (laughs) this is before, so it's all on my website, armywakeup.com. But like, I'm a project person. I'm like, yo, like, people ain't really listening to albums like that. It's about the single, and I did that, and I didn't really like the response. And out of nowhere, I just got like this crazy, crazy inspiration. 
and like all of these concepts for projects like came out. So the first thing I'm working on is Snooze Button 5. Snooze Button is basically like my rapidy rap series. I come from the era of I come from the era of mixtapes where you was just grabbing people's beats and you was just going. Yeah. So like I'm doing those and then uh you know just like putting them out and just I would love to talk about like the way that I'm putting it out and like I I guess I'll circle back around to the end. And then I'm working on I have my own podcast called Clock Radio Speakers. It's myself and my co-host Doc who's a a white guy from Connecticut. So it's I like, always love dynamic couples. Yeah, <laughs> like we have such a different dynamic and it's great. Yeah. And we he and I also like we do music together. So he and I are working on a project. I was just in Connecticut a couple weeks ago. We like mapped that out. Um and then also we're doing what's called a definitive fifteen. We're actually doing one this week on Timbaland on our show, but like a definitive fifteen is like if you take one artist, if you were to introduce somebody for the first time, like we did one on Nipsey, what 15 records would you play from that person to best represent mm, their entire catalog? I like that. So, we, so we're so we doing one with our own stuff because we've done exactly 15 songs together. And yeah. we're going to talk about like all, we're going to do a full podcast episode, put it on our Patreon, all this other stuff. So it's that. Nice. Those, so those are, that's two projects. Um, and then I'm working on Kairos 2, which is a follow-up to my album Kairos in 2013. It's a collection of stuff that I've like just been sitting on for the last like three, four, five years along mm-hmm. with some new stuff. And just like, I just feel like there needs to have a follow up. And then the last project um, is a guy, actually this dude spammed me on SoundCloud. I was like, yo, I got beats. And one day I was looking for beats and I, oh, I like, God. I checked his page mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, like you're, like you're dope. And he sent me some stuff. So I'm going to take a collection of his stuff. And, and put it out. That's not coming out till next year though. But like okay. those four will be out. Hopefully all five will be out like within the next six to, to eight months. But the more important thing is like the method in which I'm releasing it. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's important as we've been talking about like platforms. It's like yeah. why am I amassing this fan base, doing all this work and then when somebody says, well how can we get in touch with you? I'm leading you to another platform. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Follow mm-hmm. me on Facebook. Like, and why would I tell you to follow me on Instagram when Instagram makes it to where only 2% of your audience sees your post? Yeah. Like, I'm doing you a disservice <laughs> by telling you to follow me and then you can't even see my stuff. Dropping gems. So, I'm like, so the same thing with, with streaming services. Like, streaming services are cool and that's just the wave of the future. But, like, why am I working so hard, spending all this money, like, to create this music only to put it on a on a platform where that pays me seven tenths of a penny. You can't disregard it because that's just it's the there. reality of yep. it. But what you do is is you have again, data's a new dollar. Mm-hmm. So now if I look I can look on Spotify and Apple Music offers their analytics and what they'll tell me is who's listening to my music, where they're listening to it, um, how many times they listen to it, how old they are, what gender they are, like all of that stuff. Yeah, and I love that. And I, I love can, the analytics. And I can amass all of that data into a, a way where I can say, okay, one of my goals in the next 12 months is to book a tour. Mm-hmm. And I want to take like the top however many cities and like find places in each one of those spots right. and like book a tour. But more important than the tour, because like, the reality of it is, like, I don't just want to go out and rap because I'm doing more than just rapping. Like, mm-hmm. we're creating these Kairos cultures, and what Kairos culture is, it's a, it's a safe space 
to process because if you get on social media and you have an opinion that's different from everybody else, they're going to kill you for it. So <laughs> They're going to take you out the game. <laughs> absolutely. They're going to make you. They're going to cancel you. They're going to cancel you. Well, fake cancel you because nobody, <laughs> nobody gets canceled. canceled. Right. But they're going to give you all the stuff that you talked about, your anxiety, your depression, all that stuff is going to flare up because you got all these people coming at you for just like, like, I feel this way. And because they didn't go with the status quo. Yeah. So what we do with Kairos Cultures is we cultivate like this safe space and like we're just like I'll bring up a topic so it'll be dating it could be trauma it could be you know uh, Kanye it could be a whole it could be anything and you can just spout off your opinion you can spout out how you feel and like whatever happens in the room stays in the room I don't really put like the conversations out but how often do you do those? just like sparingly like I'm working on the follow up one the Nipsey is in will be like the I'm, I'm there I'm aiming for the first week of November <laughs> alright I'm aiming for the first I'll make, I'll make sure that date yeah, please cause, cause what we wanna I do is is on top of that like not only do I wanna cultivate that space I wanna bring a social worker in mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying because if somebody's really having a tough time dealing with the reality of their trauma mm-hmm. I wanna connect them to somebody who can advocate and get them yeah, like the different sure. resources that for they sure. need cause I can't do that exactly. so if I could do a tour where like I travel Let's and like instead of me just like rapping on a stage for 30 <laughs> minutes rapping, rapping my little heart out we could take a song we could take a concept it could really be like 10 of us in a room mm-hmm. and we could just talk about whatever you know, like we could take one of my songs or a concept or something. We can sit down and talk about it. We can associate. I don't want, I don't want to give away all the game, yeah, but like we can do a bunch of stuff with that. It's just a uniqueness. And, and the last thing that I'll say that I'm doing is like the mailing list, the newsletters, like mm-hmm. gra- driving people to my platform, driving people to my website. But then because the algorithms only allow you to see so much stuff, like I basically create an email every Wednesday called the Weekend Wake Up, mm-hmm. and like I'll I'll drop a gem, I'll like share something, be it a scripture, a thought I had, or something, and then basically everything that I posted on social media will be in the email. So nice. if you missed it, like it's in there, and then there's links to it to where you can go out there because yeah. I need to amass all yeah. of those people because I want you to let people know where they can find you because I want. I mean, I'm about to, after this interview, I'm following you on everything. I'm following you. And I'm definitely going to shout it out on my platform. Word. Uh, ArmandWakeUp.com. A-R-M-O-N-D. Wake up, all one word. Um, go to ArmandWakeUp.com. And then whatever medium um, you want to find me at or you feel comfortable following me at, it's right there and it's available. But I highly suggest that you uh, sign up for the mailing list. It goes out every Wednesday at noon Eastern. That'll be the best way to, to like get a hold of me. I'm mostly on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm not on Black Planet or Me Hinton <laughs> or MySpace. But yeah, ArmandWakeUp.com for sure. All right. And y'all know where to find me at. It's AOD Media Group on everything. Um, or y'all could go to the ArmyOfDreamers.com. I'm building my website up Build too. it up. Build it I'm up. My Build that platform up. up. Build I've it been up. working on it. <laughs> Build it up. We'll talk offline. I got some I got some ideas for you. But All like, right. yeah. And we know yeah. that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Even if I lose, this is Cairo's culture. Thank you. I think I was thinking about it too much. Yeah. Wake up. Doc over there. Let's get this right. Revelation is revolution. Ready? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. 
Alright. Yo, I thought the road to success was paved with gold. With gold, with gold, with gold. Just started the walk and saw the road is paved with bones. With bones, with bones. Now it's on. I was barefoot and useless, but now I'm boosting. Built my church on the rock, but it's ruthless. I am ruthless, easy eating and Jesus tea. And nothing more than everything that I need to be. I am not competing with you weaklings Hundred rounds run to a beasting I'm beasting, these knee jerks, they need things I hear the beast sing Not a bite or a bark, homie, at least sting Never needed to be politically correct When was being political the best? Y'all tripping, I'm the manifestation Of that feeling in your chest That breaks in, submit, let it minister to your mess I'm not here to tell you to be the best you I'm here to knock down walls you couldn't budge. I'm not here to spread positive energy. I pity your pet rallies. Your good vibes ain't good enough. I represent the one you think that couldn't touch you. Every-